Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Vulnerability with Brie, turning our pain into purpose. I am Brie. If you're new here, welcome. Um, this podcast was laid on my heart by the Lord to start for people who come from a rough background or have some sort of trauma that they're working through and have joined the church and kind of feel alone in their struggles. So this is a safe place where we join together weekly and we discuss the hard topics and we also break down the word of God, mainly scripture that has been taken out of context and used to beat people down over the years. So we are currently in a study. We actually have two studies going on right now one on anxiety and depression, which is a Bible study that we are doing at our women's church that I was asked to lead, and also a Proverbs 31 study that the Lord had actually laid on my heart to do several, several months ago before I even knew that this podcast was going to be a ministry. So today we are jumping back into Proverbs 31. If you are a faithful follower, welcome back, and I am so happy to have you. I hope that you are well. I hope that you are taking care of yourself and that you are just resting in the arms of Jesus. Um, I do apologize for the delay in this week's episode. I normally try to post by Tuesday or Wednesday if you're new here, but I am a full-time RN student and last week school started back for me and I also am working two jobs. I'm a critical care nurse as well as a special needs pediatric nurse, so this week has kept me pretty busy between working two jobs, going to school three days a week, and I was actually supposed to precept today. It would have been like day one of seven for me and the only day I've had off was yesterday and I actually went to a beautiful friend's baby shower in Columbus Ohio and um, went and had my hair done afterward so I do look a little different if you have followed along with our video podcast I had about three inches taken off and it was much needed but um, I was supposed to preset 12 hours today and one of the unnumerable reasons that I love Jesus is because he forces me to take breaks. Um, I felt my mental health starting to decline this week. I started facing battles that only appear when my mental health is rapidly declining. And I have this way of overbooking my schedule because I can't say no. Um, I teach Sunday school. I lead Bible study on top of all of my other tedious everyday uh, cooking and cleaning and trying to make sure that my boys are taken care of and know that they are loved and going to school and studying for exams and running the podcast. So I do stay very busy. And this week became a little overwhelming for me. And last night, I was just so tired on my way home from Columbus. It's about an hour and 15 minute drive for me. And as I was driving home, I was just like, God, I'm so tired and I am getting irritated again. And I can feel all of this stuff welling back up inside of me. And long story short, my preceptor texted me and she said, hey, I had some babysitter issues. I had to sign up for low census. So FYI, we may not train tomorrow. And my precepting day got switched to this Thursday. So um, my pastors were filling in for Sunday school for me this morning and they had already prepared a lesson and I was going to get up and go. And I just felt like God was telling me, you need to rest. You need to take this time and rest. I've not had a day where I've just stayed home in months 
I go and I go and I go and I go. And guys, I preach to you guys every single week how important it is to take care of yourself and to take that rest. And so this morning I got up and I turned on some worship music and I cooked breakfast for my boy and I and I cleaned my house a little bit and I danced it out to some music and then I spent some time working on the podcast lesson and I have time to actually sit down and pour my heart out to you guys. So I'm so thankful for the Lord. So if you're not taking time to rest, take it. Take the time to rest. Pour into yourself. I got up. I curled my hair. I put my makeup on. I got dressed for the day and I just feel so revitalized. Um, I feel renewed. Uh, I don't feel that weight that I woke up with this morning knowing that I was going to have to go, go, go. Um, There's a song by Hilary Scott and it's called You Can Rest, and it is one of my favorite songs. I love it. I cry every time I listen to it because, guys, while we're digging into this entrepreneur uh, portion of Proverbs 31, I want you to remember the importance of rest. Proverbs 31 was a bad woman, man. She she had her business in order. She did what was necessary. She got up early. But I'm sure there was a time in her life that God said, it's time to rest. It's time to take a day, pour into yourself. Don't get in your car. Don't drive. Don't go anywhere. Don't go to the store. Like put your phone down and just rest in me. And it's so important while we are on the go to remember to take that time to rest. Um, So listen to that song, not sponsored. I just love, love her music, love her song. But last week we spoke on the virtuous woman and what it meant to be a virtuous woman. So if you missed that episode, I suggest this is episode four on the Proverbs 31 study, because we're breaking down just a few verses at a time to really get in and know what this prophetic word means. Because in the very first episode, we talked about how it has been used as ammunition against women to keep them bound in the home and as homemakers. And there is nothing wrong with being a homemaker if that is where your heart is. Um, But the Proverbs 31 woman was never meant to be a chapter in the Bible used to keep women bound in in this homemaking bondage and telling them that they can't have careers, that they can't excel, that they can't be in ministry, because that is not what it's about. Um, It was a prophetic word about a strong woman and characteristics that strong women possess. So guys, it's okay. It's okay. If you want to be a homemaker, that's fine. If you want to be a entrepreneur, that is fine. But we are going to talk about, um, some of the things that made her a successful entrepreneur. Um, Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur nowadays, but nobody wants to put in the work. Nobody takes time to research what it means to be an entrepreneur. Nobody wants, I can't say nobody, but a lot of people are like, I'm going to start a business and I'm going to start a podcast. And, And even me, like when God told me to start a podcast, I was like, no God, like I know what goes into that. And I do not have, what it takes. Like, I'm not that person. And he was like, you are, you are through me. So guys, we're going to dig into what makes an entrepreneur an entrepreneur. Um, and we are going to use Proverbs 31 as an example. So starting off Proverbs 31 was a prophetic word over King Lemuel from his mother. Um, so Proverbs 31 was actually words from a woman to her son. And the woman described in Proverbs 31 was um, a prophetic word that was released to him of 
what to look for in a godly wife. Again, we've touched on all of this in the previous episode. So if you're jumping in now, please go back. The first episode um, from the Proverbs study is overcoming sexual anxiety. That is the very start of Proverbs 31. It's how it starts in the Bible, guys. Um, so yeah, and and with with all of that being said, we are going to jump right in. If my podcast sounds a little different today, my mic was giving me some trouble, so I'm actually recording on my AirPods um, because it had all kinds of background noise, and, and I don't know if it has a short or what is going on, but um, we are moving along anyway, so grab your coffee. If, if you're new here again, I love my coffee, and I if you're a coffee drink, drinker, then I suggest you grab coffee, pull up a chair, light a candle, get under a cozy blanket. It's a rainy Sunday here in Ohio, and I love it. This is this is my weather. I love just, I have my blanket and my coffee, and I love being cozied up and just resting. So guys, get comfortable, and let's get in. So we are going to start today in Proverbs 31. And we are going to we are going to pick back up with verse 11. I know that we kind of touched on that a little bit last episode, but I really spent a lot of time focusing on what virtuous meant and what it looked like and um the marriage and and what the marriage reflects. But I do want to pick up with verse 11 because it's important and it goes into the home portion of it. So Proverbs 31, starting with 11 says, the heart of her husband trusts in her with secure confidence and he will have no lack of gain. She comforts, encourages, and does him only good and not evil all the days of her life. She looks for wool and flax and she works willingly with her hands in delight. She is like the merchant ships, abounding with treasure. She brings her household food from far away. She rises also while it is still night and gives food to her household and assigns tasks to her maidens. She considers a field before she buys or accepts it, expanding her business prudently. With her profits, she plants fruitful vines in her vineyard. And so that's just a little bit of her work ethic. And if you follow me on TikTok, Facebook, or Instagram, I did post a video earlier this week um, discussing this upcoming episode. And I said that one thing that God has really been dealing with me over um, recently on this study is time management and how a lot of times we say, I don't have time. I don't have time to clean. I don't have time to cook. I don't have time to pour into my health. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to eat healthy and meal prep any, like most of the people that you talk to who live in absolute chaos and guys, I am the queen bee of chaos. I promise everybody, like every Bible study, every Sunday school lesson, I just, I make people laugh because I'm so chaotic. Like I have so much going on and I actually, that's one of the things that God was dealing with me about because of the anxiety that I deal with. A lot of it stems from being so chaotic, but that's not what I want to go with it. That's not the direction I want to go. What I want to say is that God showed me getting up even just an hour earlier every day. Um, it makes the world of difference. Like it is Sunday and I, I knew getting up this morning that I had nowhere to go and I still was out of bed by 6.30 and it is now 9.42 in the morning and since getting up three hours ago, I've had time to clean my kitchen, pick up my living room, make breakfast, do my hair, put on makeup, 
excuse me, I made my coffee, I made my cup of water, I had a 10 minute dance session with my puppy. We danced it out. I had time to finish preparing and reading uh, Proverbs 31 and digging into a little bit more depth of this study to pull some more commentary to give to you guys. Uh, I've lit my candle. I've let the puppy out to potty. And, you know, it's it's been three hours. And I already feel like I have just accomplished so much. Like I have the whole day ahead of me. I have exams to study for. I have care plans to write. And I don't feel overwhelmed. Like I got to go, 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 because I only have six hours left until, you know, it's bedtime and I've wasted the whole day on social media. And, and so God really dealt with me on time management. And we see that in Proverbs, but um, so we will dig into that, but we see these characteristics and I want to start with verse 11 and it says, he will have no lack of gain. Um, talking about the woman's husband and, uh, some people think that a wife is a burden or hindrance to gain and a better life. Some people think a wife is a burden or hindrance to gain and a better life. I'm not sure what I was trying to write there, guys. Uh, this is not so. In God's plan and with the presence and influence of a virtuous wife, she brings gain to her husband on many levels and in great measure, no lack. What I was trying to write there is a lot of people see women as a burden, um, a wife, somebody who's going to spend all your money. They're going to shop all the time. And listen, I'm the queen of shopping. I used to say, if you don't have a shopping problem, when you become friends with me, you will after spending a little bit of time with me because I love to shop. Like, even if I don't need it, I love to shop um, that I don't do drugs. I don't drink. Uh, but my drug of choice was shopping. Uh, it released the dopamine. It did the trick. And uh, there was a time in my life that I would spend everything we had shopping and I, and I, and I didn't care. I'd, as a young wife, I was 19 when I got married. We didn't have a whole lot of money. Okay. So I didn't get to shop when we first got married uh, between me and my husband collaboratively, we made like $24,000 a year. Like we, we were, we were poor. I mean, we, didn't have, um, we didn't have new fancy cars. We lived in a drug stricken neighborhood, um, with hand-me-down bed and couch and bookshelves. And we shopped at the Dollar Tree and save a lot. And there's nothing wrong with that guys. I still, your girl still, um, I've, we've tripled our income over tripled our income and I still will go to the Dollar Tree for snacks. Um, but it wasn't by choice. Like we were forced to shop at the Dollar Tree for groceries if we wanted to eat. Um, we worked 40 and 50 hour weeks and still couldn't pay our rent and electric both. Like there were several times that my mother paid our electric bill. She would pay our phones to keep our phones on. Um, shout out to my mama and my daddy, both of them. My daddy, my daddy um, lives six hours away. And there were several times that him and my stepmama paid my electric bill for me uh, because they didn't want to see us go without. Like my parents were my biggest supporters in getting me to where I am now because I didn't get here overnight. It, it took pulling ourselves. Nobody knew how poor we were. Uh, we dressed nice and we put on a great facade and the whole time we were going home and we were in poverty and we ended up because of the apartment complex that we lived in, uh, it being so drug stricken, we ended up with bed bugs. And I remember that being like the worst, the worst moment of my marriage. Um, 
and not not with my husband but just getting started as a young wife i remember feeling like i just got out of home and we had to pack just like a few trash bags of clothes and we lost everything like we didn't have a whole lot to start with and we lost everything and we had to pack up and not a lot of people know this um i was in lpn school for the first for the first time i had just finished my anatomy and physiology class with like a 96% and was getting ready to move into the nursing program and I had to drop out because we were infested with bed bugs and I lost everything. Um, we left the bed, we left the couch, we left TVs behind, we left books and bookshelves and shoes, coffee pots. I mean, you name it. And we left it because we we couldn't take it with us because we didn't know. And I remember feeling so frustrated because the landlord knew for months that the neighbors upstairs had bed bugs. And, and he, when I called him, because I thought that maybe I had brought them home from a nursing home because I was doing travel nursing and a nurse aid assistant at the time. And so I was going in and out of a lot of different facilities. And I also did some home health on the side. And when I called him, he said, oh no, your neighbors have had bed bugs for like three months. And I don't know why I'm saying all this, but I remember feeling like that was going to be my life forever. At that point, I remember feeling like we were low, low. And I was like, God, did I make the wrong decision? Like moving out of home? Did I make the wrong decision getting married so young? And I remember I questioned like everything because at that point, me and my husband had to pack up everything. And my mom so graciously opened her home to us, but it was a hard time. I mean, it's it's hard when you're married, living with your parents. Um, and I remember a lot of people were like, oh, she just wanted to move back in with her mom. And, you know, she didn't want her husband to be around his family. And guys, no, I was just as miserable being back home. Like I left home at a young age for a reason. I love my parents, but I also love my freedom. And at that point, I felt like everything had been, I felt like I was already down on the, at the bottom of the totem pole. And then I dropped even lower. And so after we moved out of my mother's house, we moved to a whole new town where we didn't have any family living there. We got this little two bedroom house. It was a cute enough home. I got a pay raise. And I remember we were, we were moving up, right? Like we, we went from like way down here back to the bottom, like just barely making it, but we were making it, um, for a while. And then I realized that I had a little bit of extra money. And so what did I do? I started shopping. I started getting my nails done. I started blowing all of our money. And then when our 650 rent and our car note and our electric bill came due, we didn't have it. And so we were both stressed and we were fighting all the time. And we couldn't go out on date nights because I spent all of our money buying nails and buying, um, you know, just buying all of this stuff. And then I started back nursing school and I had to make payments in nursing school because they said that I made too much between me and my husband. Now I made $12 an hour and he made like, I don't know, I think at the time he made like $11 an hour. So collaboratively we were, we were making like $23 an hour between the two of us. And they said that we made too much money for me to get approved for student loans. So, um, I got, half of it and then I had to pay the other half off before graduation so it was like a monthly car payment and I remember we couldn't make we couldn't make it I mean our electric bill when we left that house was seven hundred dollars and um our rent was behind and our car note was behind and the only reason I had a phone still was because I was on my mama's phone line and I remember a family member being on the phone with my husband 
And they made a statement because they thought that I was at work and they thought that I had already left. I was working night shift at the nursing home because I was going to nursing school and we were packing back up once again and moving back to my mother's house uh, because we couldn't afford our bills. My mother let us live in her camper for a year. And um, I say all of that to say this, it wasn't until that second time. So that family member said this on the phone. Um, They said, well, if Bree would quit blowing through all your money, you wouldn't have to be moving back in with her mom. And I remember that is not what I wanted to hear um, walking out for my 12-hour night shift. I was stressed. I was going to school full-time. I was working night shift full-time. And I already had some, like, ill feelings uh, at this time because of some hurt that had happened. And I remember looking at my husband because that family member was on speakerphone and he knew that I heard what was said. And I was so angry. I was so angry. And I looked at him and I said, I'm leaving now. And I said it loud enough that they could hear me so that they knew I was still home and heard what they said. But here's the thing, like Brie now, Brie back then was angry. I was very angry. I texted my husband and I let him have it. I said, you can tell them that it's my money that I work hard for and I will spend it however I please. And if I want to move back in with my mom, then that's what I'm going to do. And I remember I was so angry and I was not acting like a virtuous woman. Brie now, 27 year old Brie, who has been through some things, who has pulled herself out of the gutter through the help of God and through the wisdom that he has imputed into me, knows that they were right. And that's why I was so angry because Brie back then knew they were right. She just didn't want to hear it. Had I been a better steward with my money um, and been wise and used the wisdom of God, like we could have made it. But again, it all worked out because that house we were in um, actually was uh, we had found out that it was roach infested. We only lived there for a few months. It was very bad. We went through several treatments and we needed out anyways. It was a money pit. The electric bill was like five to $700 every month. And so like my shopping habits did play a role in why we had to leave so soon, but we needed out anyways. And um, when Romans 8 and 28 says that he works all things for the good to them that love him and are called according to his purpose, like that's what he means because we moved back in with my mom and we banked money. Like the whole time we lived with her, I finished LPN school. I graduated LPN school. Two months before my LPN graduation, we had banked enough money to put a down payment on a very nice condo um, that we have not had any problems with. It's a beautiful home. Like we've been blessed, two bedrooms, two baths, full laundry, full kitchen, like the whole works, uh, fully loaded. I mean, appliances, garbage disposal and, and dishwasher. Like I'm spoiled. I'm blessed abundantly. Like God worked that out. And not only that, but during that time, we found our home church where we are now, Lucasville Church of God, and we were able to get established there. And now we thrive in ministry there. And, and we have been established there for four years and God has worked everything out. But I say all that to say this, like I was not that virtuous woman who brought gain to her husband. And that's what, that's what this verse is talking about. Like you will either be that wife who drains your marriage and then your husband has to worry about where the food's going to come from, how the electric bill's going to be paid. Like that was my husband. My husband was scraping and doing what it took to make sure that we had what we had because I had a spending problem and because I couldn't manage money. And um, after losing our home twice, the first time wasn't our fault, um, but we didn't have money. You know, we, we 
we just didn't, we didn't make money and I didn't shop then. I didn't get a shopping problem until I got a taste of what it was like to have a little bit of extra money. And since then, I finished LPN school. I started working full time. We have more than tripled our income uh, between the two of us. My husband is now on a salary pay. I make very good money between the hospital and doing pediatric care. Um, we we are comfortable now. Um, but and, and I still shop. I can still shop. And that's the thing that God had to teach me is I had to do it in moderation. Like this week, things were tight. Um, I didn't. I was canceled from work last week one day and I lost quite one 12 hour shift is quite a good chunk of money for me. And so when I got canceled that I lost a good portion of money and I knew that come this week, like car note was due and I had a $260 electric bill to pay and, and I only had a little bit of money to do it with. And so over the years, God taught me, like when my husband asked me last night, like, where are we at with money? I was like, we're okay. You know, because I was able to take that $200 that I had left and get groceries and gas and, you know, even, even things that we enjoy to have like coffee and, and, and I keep that stuff stocked in the home. And so he doesn't have to worry. Like he gets up in the morning and he's like, where's the money? And I hand him the money and he goes out on his way. And like, that is what, that is where it starts. Like if you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to be that person that brings gain to your husband, like you have to learn to manage because you can't be you can't be a good virtuous wife, like a stewardess wife, if and, and and an entrepreneur, if you can't manage what God has already given you. And that is one thing that God has really taught me over the last few years is how to manage and how to budget, like make things happen. This right here is like my holy grail next to my Bible. Um, it it has pockets for saving money and I have all of my bills and I have our total income and I look at it every day and every, you know, I look at it at the beginning of the week and I'm like, okay, payday is Thursday and Friday this week. Um, what do we have coming out? What do we have left over? What does my, what does it look like? How can I increase this? Where can I pull some extra weight? Um, you know, and, and still, live comfortably, like go out on dates and go out with friends and family and do the things that we love. Um, and so there was, so I say all of that to say this, there was a time that my husband had to worry about, um, you know, going out and finding something else. Um, but now he doesn't like now he can trust in me to make sure that I'm bringing gain to the home because I would literally, guys, I'm not lying when I say, like when I first got out of LPN school and I got a taste of like real good money uh, compared to what I was, you know, when I first started working as an SCNA, I made $8 an hour. And so when I got a taste of what money was like, I would, I would spend, I would spend the money on lashes and nails and, and be like, sorry, we're not eating, you know? And that's just how it was. And that was not the godly wife that God had called me to be. Um, I had to start thinking about my home. You know, I have a puppy who has to have food and he has to have his treats and he has to have, you know, his toys cause he's spoiled. And, and I have a husband to think about, like, it's not just me. It's not just about the lashes. It's not just about the nails girls. I know as much as y'all know me, like I say, when I die, like bury me with all my lashes on. Um, but at the end of the day, like I had to grow up and realize that like, if it came down to lashes or feeding my family, I'm going to feed my family every single time. And that did not come overnight. That came through learning that came through trials and that came through, uh, you know, chastening from God. And that came through correction and him leading me and saying, you know, and, and me saying, God, give me your wisdom. Um, 
and help me. And, and I remember it happened. I said, it really started because there, there was a time not, not too long ago that I said, God, teach me how to manage what you've already given me before I go seeking more, before I go trying to be an entrepreneur, before I start looking for extra sources of income, like teach me how to manage what you've already blessed me with. And I got laid off work (laughs) guys. I'm not like, it literally, I had to let my lashes go. I had to let my extensions go. I had to let it all go. And I was off work for like three weeks. Like it was a long time. And I remember crying and sitting here going, God, we were doing so good. Like money was rolling in, bills were caught up. And now I've got a car note that's two months behind. And I, and I don't know why, like I prayed and asked you to help me manage this and you took it away from me. Like I, I don't know what's going on. And I remember sitting in that position and being like, it's Christmas and I can't buy my husband Christmas. I can't buy my family Christmas. And, um, and God taught me how to manage. I mean, we had, I remember one week we had $80 left after his paycheck because he was paying all the bills. And guys, we went from like getting married, having like a thousand dollars in bills to now we're grossing like three, three grand in bills. And so he was paying all of that because I I had no income. Um, And God provided every single time, every single time. I, there was one point that I spent $250 at the grocery store and I had just enough meals for two weeks because I was supposed to be back to work. So I had, I had budgeted out to where we had, I had meal prepped and meal planned for every single night of the week for two weeks. And guys, I didn't get to go back to work at that two week mark. And guess what? That food lasted us a month. And that food, I promise you, I pulled the last meal out of the freezer the night that I went back to work. Uh, and he got paid. And so it was like a month long. God made that food last. And I remember at that point, like people still crack jokes about, yeah, right. Like $20 burns on your pocket. And like my mom will tell them now, like, no, like God, God did something inside of this world because she can make a 20 last, you know, like I realized that like, do I love my Starbucks? Yes. Do I love my lashes? Absolutely. Do I love getting up and going to the gym and, and spending, you know, $10, 20, 15 extra dollars in gas to drive to a 45 minutes away to a gym? Like, absolutely. And I will do that when we are sitting comfortably, but when we're not, when things are tight, when we have extra bills coming out, when I'm not working as much because of school, like I'm not going to go and get my, like I am perfectly fine with my Nespresso and my Starbucks pods here at home. I will make my coffee here and I will take my puppy for a walk for my exercise and I will dance it out for 10 minutes and still move my body and know that like, it's okay uh, because I'm, I'm being a good steward. And so guys, that's what this is talking about. And I didn't mean to spend that much time on this specific episode, like on this specific verse. And and we may stretch this episode out over um, several episodes. I know, guys, I told you it was going to be a long study, but there's so much depth to this word. And so you, before you can be an entrepreneur, you have to say, God, help me manage what I already have. Because don't despise the small beginnings, okay? God will add to you. But you've got to start at the $8 an hour, right? Not everybody. Some people are born with money and that's fine. But for those of us who weren't, those of us who pulled ourselves up from drug-stricken poverty and the ghetto and literally like living in the streets with no electric and no water, like that was my teenage years. And so I pulled myself all the way up from that to here I am getting where I am like three months away from graduating with my associate's degree in nursing moving along to my bachelor's degree in nursing, I'm making triple what I made starting out 
um, at $8 an hour. We have a beautiful home, beautiful family. And that didn't come by me just sitting around. That didn't come by me just getting a paycheck and, you know, doing whatever I wanted. Like, no, it came from learning that I had to budget. I had to make sacrifices. I had to make cuts. And because of that, we were able to bank back money. We were able to pay off some debt. We were able to build our our family. And now we're in three months, we're looking at purchasing our own, our very first home, you know, and I'm so excited because I get overwhelmed when I think about the goodness of God and how it wasn't just wasted years, right? Like me and my husband have been married eight years and we have grown every single year of the eight years. Like we are still growing. It has come along with promotions. And, you know, my husband literally just got a doubled salary. And I don't say that to brag on us, but to brag on God, because when you are faithful over a few things and you take time to learn and ask God to give you wisdom, he will make you make moves, right? Everybody talks about making these moves. Everybody talks about, sorry guys, my bangs are driving me crazy this morning, but everybody talks about making big moves and making boss moves and making money moves. And like, that is great. Like, but you have to trust in God and he will show you the moves to make that will benefit you. Because here's the thing, like my husband was presented with a, with an opportunity and he had to make a decision because it came with sacrifices. Like he can no longer attend Sunday morning services because he has to work every Sunday morning. And he was torn about that because he leads praise and worship. He was my assistant Sunday school teacher, my backup Sunday school teacher. And now that's gone. But at the same time, like he can still attend every Sunday night and, and help lead worship and he can attend on Wednesdays and help sing worship. And like while he can't be there for Sunday school, like he still is in church and we are still, excuse me, we are still like out in the streets doing street ministry and we have the podcast. And and so like God is still prospering us, but it came with a sacrifice and, and he had to make that decision. He could have stayed where he was making what he was making and miserable in his job. Because when I tell y'all, this man was miserable in his job, but he remained faithful to that job. And he was like, God, I'm not moving until you tell me to move. And out of nowhere, like we weren't even expecting it. He was offered a salary position, a management position that was double his, his annual salary. And, and so God opened that door, but God would not have opened that door if we were still where we were even three years ago, four years ago, you know, because we had to get to the place where we could be responsible and we could hold that salary and, and we could take that salary and use it to bring gain to, to our home and to ministry. And, and so like, that's what, that's what it's about. Like, that's what he will have no lack of gain. Like when you are that boss woman who is asking God to help you make moves and to show you which moves to make, God will show you and you will bring gain to your home. Um, so gain usually means plunder. The point may be that the gain will be as rich and bountiful as the spoils of war. That's a quote from Ross. Um, and so again, we see that when the when the virtuous wife is in the home and standing at attention, like what she brings in is going to be so much more like it's going to be sweet. It's going to be victory. It's going to be abundant, right? Because it's not that she's bringing in this abundance, but that she is responsible with what abundance she does get, 
And, and, and so even when the husband is the one bringing in the abundance, that wife is standing there with open hands going, okay, give it to me and let me help you prosper with it. Right. Because that's what we do as wives. That's what we do as moms. Like we take what we have and we make it work. When you are that boss woman, when you are that entrepreneurial woman, like you can take a 20 and you can make it last because you've been through some things and you've been where you had to make $5 stretch or 50 cent stretch, you know, like you can take it and you can take what little bit is given and your husband can, he trusts in you enough to hand it to you and know that you are going to take that and you're going to double it and turn it around and your house is going to have plenty. It's going to have a gain. She does him good and not evil. Several previous proverbs explain that the bad effect of a bad wife Explain the bad effect of a bad wife. The opposite is also true. A virtuous wife does her husband good and not evil. She continues to bring a blessing all the days of her life. The sense is that her goodness and faithful character becomes deeper and greater through the passing years. And so again, that goes back to like what we've already talked about is I wasn't who I am now eight years ago and people literally they hate me still to this day because they're like that's not who she is like i know who she is she likes to blow money and she can't make money last and and she's ghetto and you know she was a prostitute back in the day and and i don't know why she's acting like she's such a virtuous woman now guys i hear what's said y'all can act like i don't hear it I, but the thing is i'm not gonna respond because i don't care you know because i can own who i was even 12 years ago before i met christ i know who i was y'all ain't gotta tell me okay i I have said from the beginning of this proverb study that I was not a virtuous woman eight years ago when my husband married me. And I have apologized to my husband like several times over the last eight years for the heartache that I have brought him. But I was a baby. I was a baby when, when he met. I was new to ministry. I had only been safe like two years, I think, when we met actually. And um, yeah, I'd only been saved two years when we met. And so he met, he, he married this little raggedy girl. Okay. Like I was still getting my footing in Christ and I was still learning and I was a baby. I had never been out of home until, you know, like we started dating in September of 2013 and we got married in November of 2019. And we, I did not move out of home until March of 2014. We got married in November of 2014. I can't, I think I might've said 2019, but we got married in November of 2014. I didn't move out of home and be on my own until March of 2014. And so you can see I hadn't, I was a princess in my home. Okay. Like my stepdaddy gave me anything I wanted. My daddy gave me anything I wanted. Like this girl was spoiled and, and it is what it is. I worked. I, I took care of my siblings. I raised my siblings. Like I helped raise my siblings. My mom was a full-time nurse and she worked a lot and was out of the home a lot. And my stepdad and my dad were both truck drivers and my stepmom was an STNA. And so a lot of the responsibility fell on me. So I did, I cooked, I cleaned, like I had the skills around the house. Um, I could take care of kids, but I, I didn't have a job. I didn't have to work. Like if I needed something, I would tell my stepdaddy like, Hey, can you go pick this up? Or can I get 20 bucks or 40 bucks to go out with my friends? And he'd pull out his wallet and be like, here's 50, like go have a good time. Like I didn't have to manage money. And so when my husband married me, like 
it was a whole new world. I, I never had to pay bills. I never, like my stepdad would not let me get a job before I was 18, uh, before I graduated high school. I babysat on the weekends every once in a while, but he told me he wanted me to focus on being a kid. He wanted me to focus on being a teenager and enjoy you know, my teenage years or whatever. So I didn't get my driver's license till I was 18. I was a literal baby. And so that version of me that they knew is accurate. Okay. Like it's true. I was a poor money manager and I was not always the best wife and I didn't bring my husband peace and I caused a lot of problems. And we have been on the brink of separation several times um, because of character flaws. But the thing is, is that I stopped going to other people and I started going to God and I started saying, God, I'm tired of being in the pit that we're in. I know that you have purpose for our life. I know that you have purpose for our marriage and I refuse to let the haters be right. So teach me how to prosper our home. Teach me how to be a a godly wife, a virtuous wife, a strong woman of our home. And that is what God has done. He's taught me how to manage. He's taught me how to be that safe place. He has given me that character over the years, right? Like it didn't come overnight and it won't come overnight for you. It came through learning. It came through falling on my face. It came through getting back up when I did fall. It came through hiding in Christ and resting at his feet and in his arms. Like it came through learning. You're not going to get there overnight, guys. You're not born a virtuous woman. I'm sorry to bust your bubble. Like you're not born that strong woman. It comes through growth and you can grow. And who cares what people think? I don't care if you're a prostitute, okay? Like you guys know I did some sketchy stuff with my body. And like I remember, it's not funny, but it is because like when when me and my husband first got married and we actually started talking about our past, he was like, oh, my gosh, like I married a prostitute. And I remember he was the first person who ever called me a prostitute. I was like, what? And he was like, honey, do you listen to what like listen to what you're saying? And he wasn't being mean. He, he was actually just cracking a joke uh, because he thought that it was funny because he was like, I would have never guessed. But like when I thought about it, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like so, you know, but we have grown so much over the years. So, yeah, like just you grow and you, and you got to go through it, you know, I, but what I was going to say was, I don't care what you've done with your body. Cause I have done some sketchy stuff with my body. Like, I don't care if you're starting out on the streets, you can become that virtuous woman. You can grow. You can, God will give you the wisdom, but you got to stop and ask and you got to help. You got to say, God, help me, help me to know where to, to plant my finances. Help me show me which, and, and we get, I want to jump forward to that verse because that is exactly what the virtuous woman does. Um, so the virtuous woman isn't inconsistent or unreliable, but her love is unwavering, unwavering. She doesn't make empty threats of leaving or abandoning every time she doesn't get her way. She never speaks illy of her spouse out of hurt feelings and emotionalism, but her love is steadfast and comforting. Not to say she doesn't get frustrated, hurt or agitated, but with the wisdom of God, she responds and does not react harshly. She doesn't bring further stress or use her husband. She is um, only when, love him only when she's being benefited. Sometimes I can't read my own writing, guys. She loves him even when he is in his lows and helps him out of those lows. And so that just kind of backs up what, like, you be that safe space for your husband, guys. Like, don't talk bad about him. Don't talk. I'm like, I was cracking jokes with my dad last night on the phone and I was like, I love him. He's a good man. Like, that's what I tell myself. Cause like, when I get frustrated with my husband, like I come from a family who trash talks their spouses. I mean, it's just what they do. Um, and I always said I would not be that woman. And so like, I say little things like the man needs to tell me I'm pretty more, but like, I will never tell anybody 
uh, like that my husband's a bad man because he's not. My husband is a good man and I'm not going to call and talk junk. Like anything that I say to my parents, I will say to my husband. And that's what I said. I was like, if he tells me I don't work hard one more time, like I'm going to, I'm going to let him have it. But like, it's just jokes. Like don't, don't get on the phone and start telling everybody your business and dragging your husband and being like, well, he's just a piece of garbage. Like that's not a virtuous wife. That's not a strong wife. That's somebody who, um, is weak-minded and and they got to drag their husband so even last night in my frustration i was on the phone with my daddy and i was like he's a good man who treats me good and he spoils me rotten because i'm not going to get on there and talk junk about my husband just because my feelings are hurt like i'm going to remind myself that my husband is a good man who is he has his own struggles that's what a strong wife does that is you you don't don't talk junk about your husband don't because he can't trust you like if you're out talking junk and and husbands the same thing goes for your wife they're not going to trust you they're not going to trust you if you're out talking junk every time they you don't get your way you know and and so but moving along i wanted to jump forward to um the verse about um her her delegation and things she ages gracefully not in looks but wisdom her faithfulness does not fade um after the honeymoon phase passes and she is raising his children but gains wisdom through life experiences and remains faithful and thankful and offers grace in every single day excuse me a port and and a portion for her maidservants um so this is where I want to get into delegation because she got up early to start her day, which we talked about in the beginning. Like she doesn't waste her time. She doesn't just sleep until nine, 10 o'clock and then be like, well, you know, I got a meeting at five. So I know I don't have time to do anything. Like she's like, no, if I, if, and, and, and that's what I was telling somebody the other day, like my days are planned and it's okay. I tell myself it's okay if they don't go exactly as planned because it's life. Life happens. It doesn't always go the way that we expect it to. It doesn't always go the way that we plan it to, but make a plan. Like don't quit just trying to wing it through life, right? Like get goals together. Like this morning, I knew I didn't have to work. I knew I wasn't attending Sunday school because God had, you know, when I woke up, I was just, God was like, you you just need to rest today. Like just take some rest. And so I still got up by 6.30 on my day off on my rest day. Okay. Because I don't have to sleep until noon to be rested. Like I can get up and, and light a candle and rest in the word of God, like get up early. Okay. Most of the time when people say they don't have time to read their Bible, it's because they're sleeping until it's five minutes. Most of the people who show up to work and look, looking like they ain't brushed their teeth in a week and, and haven't brushed their hair in a month. It's because they rolled out of bed five minutes before they had to be there and they had no plan for their day. But like for me, I have a plan. So I'm like, I'm going to get up at 6.30 and I'm going to go to the gym. Now, not today because today's my rest day. So I'm just going to walk my puppy and and we're not going to the gym. Like we're not going anywhere, okay? Uh, but okay, so on a typical day, the other day before class, like I knew I had class at 10.30. So I got up at 4.30 and I brushed my teeth and I fixed my hair and I put on my gym clothes and it was cold and it was pouring the rain. But I had made out that day. I was like, I have class at 10.30. So before 10.30, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to work out for at least 30 minutes. I'm going to get my ice matcha latte from Starbucks. Then I will head to class. I will, um, but I read my Bible before I left the house. Um, so by 10 o'clock when I pulled into the school, I had already done my devotional, listened to my podcast, um, studied a little bit for school. 
went to the gym and got my ice matcha latte and still made it to school a half an hour early. Um, and then after school, I came home, it was a church day. So I knew that I had church that evening. So I came home, I spent a little bit of time with my boys. And then I got ready for church. And we went off to church, came home, like loaded my dishwasher. I had time throughout the entire day to do what I needed to do all because I got up just a few hours early. Had I slept until nine o'clock, because I didn't have to be at school until 1030. And I know I don't have to leave my house till 9 30 to be there on time like I would have missed out on so many opportunities to make my life prosperous that day um I was able to film a short video for the podcast that day so like get up early and and use people use the people don't use people but um utilize the people that God has placed in your life that are trustworthy because that's what we see that she did here um she it says in a portion for her maidservants it wasn't uncommon of many families of biblical times to have servants or hired workers the virtuous wife wisely manages and cares for such maidservants showing her compassion and care even beyond her immediate family um she is not selfish and she enjoys taking care of others and it says that she gives a portion to them and um she delegated tasks uh, to them. Uh, so this implies first that she cares even for serving girls and second that she is diligent about overseeing them. And so she gives them tasks to help all of them be prosperous because this woman doesn't just boast in, in her own um, gain, but she utilizes the people in her corner. And so she got up early and she went far away for food and then she um she was wise and she came back and she portioned out the food that she had even to her workers and she gave her maids um a portion and then she gave them tasks to do that would help them all become prosperous and that's what i wanted to look at because it says that she was even wise in which field she bought like she went to god and asked god she'd say god like show me which field to buy so that i can plant the fruitfulness there and so she didn't make these rash decisions like we have got to be careful and and if you want to be prosperous like ask god and don't just go out doing all willy-nilly but like plan and ask god to help you make the moves and we will dig more into that um next week for this study because we are already at 50 minutes and i don't want to go over too much but i hope that this episode made sense i know that i jumped around a lot but there's just so much that goes into being this entrepreneur woman and god wants you to prosper like he said that i would that you prosper even as your soul prospers. And that's why I get so tired of the prom, the poverty like gospel. Okay. Like everybody's always like, Oh, you can't have money and you can have a business and love Jesus because the Bible says that a rich man, you know, it's harder for a rich man to get into heaven than a camel through an eye of a needle. Like that is out of context scripture because God also said, Jesus said, I would that you prosper even as your soul prospers. The verse about the rich man talks more about somebody who got rich and forgot about Jesus and their soul didn't prosper. But you can love Jesus. And when you love Jesus and you ask God to make you make moves and to grow you through those moves that you are making, then you will become prosperous. If God had given me the wealth that I have now, and by no means am I rich, but I am wealthy, I am blessed, I am healthy, I am comfortable, okay? We don't have thousands sitting in the bank, guys. That's not what I'm saying, but we live comfortably. We have nice things. We have nice vehicles. Our bills are paid. We don't have shut off notices for our electric bill. Like We live comfortably, and to me, that is wealth. 
because riches cannot buy the love that I have for my husband, the ministry that we have been blessed with, the anointing that God has placed on our life, the people that we are seeing that God is bringing into us. And, and, and we are, have been blessed to become a shelter for these people and to help them. And, and, and God could not have given us all of that stuff eight years ago right? Like we had to be poor because we were irresponsible. I was irresponsible. I couldn't manage. I couldn't be responsible for myself, let alone for ministry or for anybody underneath of me. But here, eight years later, God's like, I'm going to make you a mother over many people. And I'm seeing those people start to come in. Why? Because my soul prospered. And as my soul prospered, God was able to prosper me. And so God doesn't wish that you would sit around poor and always wondering where your next meal is going to come from. Like that's not his plan for your life, but he's not going to give you big things if you can't be responsible over the little things, right? Like you have got to ask God to help you make those smart decisions and, and work hard with your hands. She worked diligently. Like I see this woman who's just out busting bricks, man. Like she's not afraid to get dirty. She's not afraid to bust, uh, to, to break a sweat. She's not afraid to walk a few miles, like several miles to get what she's got to get to. And that is what an entrepreneuring woman looks like, like somebody who is willing to go the extra mile to get it done. You're not going to be an entrepreneur if you're comfortable sitting at home, sitting on your couch, wait, like waiting for handouts. Like God's not going to make you get up out of that poverty, but he's also not going to throw a million dollars in your lap when you're not willing to get up and work for it. And so that's what we see with this entrepreneur woman, like with this Proverbs 31 virtuous woman, like she got up early and she did what it took to make sure that her home prospered. Guys, I'm talking my, I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited because I love, like, even when I look back at my own life and I'm like, I, there were so many times that I questioned, like, God, why are you doing this to me? Like, God, why do I have to struggle so much? Like, why is my car breaking down every single week? Guys, there was, my Malibu got repossessed and I just got to testify real quick because I let that sucker go. Okay. Like I bought it almost brand new, 4,000 miles on it. And they sold me a lemon and they would not make it right. And that Malibu almost killed me several times. The gas pedal would stall on highways and, and I was almost hit head on by a semi one, like two semis one time because it, it I was, or they almost hit my driver's door because I was pulling across the four way and my gas pedal stopped in, and my car was sitting like sideways on the oncoming traffic lane and there were two semis in the fast like one in the fast lane and one in the right lane and they were both headed to me and i had my foot to the floor <laughs> and i couldn't go anywhere and i remember being like god i poured everything i had into this car like i bought a thirty thousand dollar brand new malibu like i can't get out of this you know like i i so i made the payments and it broke me and and it was you know a 450 dollar car payment a month and i was like god like i I have two car notes and one of my cars is in the shop more than it is. Like I can't afford to keep pouring into this because it broke down literally like every month and it almost took my life several times. And I remember questioning like, God, why, 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 why? And I said, you know what? I can't pay on this anymore. Like, and, and it wasn't in my name. That's what killed me the most is it was in my stepdad's name. But I was like, I can't afford to keep pouring everything I have into a car that sits in my driveway half the time because I'm terrified to drive it because I've died so many times, almost died so many times. And I remember. God's showing me like you and your husband go to Columbus. And so we pre-applied. Now, guys, if you know me, my dream has always 
been to have an SUV. Like I wanted to be, I used to always say, I don't want a mom SUV. I want a drug dealer SUV. Like, cause I was raised in the streets and I was like, I want the Denali, like blah, blah, blah. But like at the end of the day, like I just wanted an SUV. I have a big Husky and he loves room. And I was like, this Malibu is about to kill me. And like, so I just had this peace about it. And I prayed because I was like, God, we have had the worst luck with cars. Okay. Like, <laughs> our curse has always been cars. Like we just, our cars are always broke down. We've always got flat tires, like used to be, but God changed that for us. Okay. And so, um, we went to Columbus, got approved that day. And I came home in a super nice, uh, GMC terrain, like in love with it. It is my favorite color. It is like this baby blue, beautiful. And I remember still feeling so bad because I was like, God, this, this Malibu is getting repossessed. And, and like, I hate it. And do you know that when they came, it was a voluntary repossession. And when they came to pick up that car, the repo service damaged it and their insurance had to pay that car off. So before it even made it to the auction, God had already made a way. And so my stepdad has a zero balance due and there was like $17 left over um, because they still auctioned it off. So then they got an abundance. Like we only, by the time they took it, I only owed 13,000 on it. Like I had paid that. We bought it for like 27,000 and then I had paid so much into it that we only owed 13 grand. And um, long story short, like God made a way. When you ask God to help you and like, the terrain has been fabulous. It is a wonderful, my favorite car, great on gas. Like I just feel so like mommy and sporty when I'm in it. Like it just makes me so happy. And I'm like, God, I know that was you. That was you helping our home to prosper because you took me out of a vehicle that almost took my life several times had it not been for your hand keeping me. And you put me in a beautiful car that not only runs very well, but it was, it's one of my dream cars. And so guys, when, and I said all that, not to brag, but to say this, when, when you ask God to make you prosperous, when you ask God, what is going to bring glory to his kingdom, he will lead you. He will show you and he will make your home prosperous. You do not have to stay where you are, but you have got to start from the bottom and you have got to ask God every single day. Like God, help me. God, show me what to do. God, where do you want me to go next? What do you want me to say next? Where do you want me to put this dollar? I mean, right down to the little things. And we're going to dig into that next week when we talk about her being clothed in strength and dignity. Like that is what he's talking about. Like God will direct you, but you have got to have open ears to listen. Guys, I love you. And I know this episode's a little longer than normal and I've kind of been all over the place, but I missed being on here and I had a lot to say and I still have a lot to say. So I may just go ahead and pre-record next week's episode today while I have the free time, but I love you guys and I hope that you are blessed and take care and we will see you back next week. Thanks again for joining us on Vulnerability with Bree.